Jazzy Jones, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers is on air. We want to welcome our audience. This actual broadcast is being fed live via internet at loudmouthradio.com. Tonight is a beautiful night in the city of Atlanta. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. If you're online, please uh, call in if you have questions for our guest, as well as our host at 347-826-7520. If you also like to tweet while we're online, we would just love for you to follow us at Loudmouth, which is L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H. <clears throat> we also want to share with you that this actual broadcast will be available after 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. All of our shows are archived and on demand 24/7. The actual the actual internet radio show, The Bare Truth, is one of our three shows that's currently broadcasting on Loudmouth Radio. We're actually going into six shows by the end of the month, so we just want to ask that you continue to follow us on Loudmouth Radio. We are available for live chat on blogtalkradio.com slash loudmouthradio. If you have questions regarding this broadcast or would like to reach us for advertising, please call our Loudmouth Media offices at 706-363-3895 during business hours of 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Loudmouth Radio is one of the Internet's hottest Internet radio networks. Our talk radio shows cover topics that are geared towards empowerment, inspiration, and <clears throat> entertainment. Connect with us live, online, and on demand 24-7 on loudmouthradio.com. <laughs> and we want you to share any of your thoughts and what inspires you. I am so happy to be online tonight uh, and broadcasting this show. Today has been an awesome day. And we also want to um, take the time to recognize even the midst of chaos and sometimes tragedy that your day can still be awesome. So Loudmouth Radio, we want to recognize the people in Oklahoma that have been um, affected by the devastation in Oklahoma, and we would like to take this time to take a few seconds of silence to recognize those people that have been affected by the actual catastrophe. Thank you guys for taking the time to allow us to recognize the victims and the people and the families that have been affected by the unfortunate severe weather that has actually happened in Oklahoma as well as in Texas. The Bare Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers broadcast every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. So we want to take this time to also let our advertisers know that uh, if you'd like to advertise with Loudmouth Radio, we have some exciting uh, advertising spots available. Contact us to advertise on any of our shows. That number again to reach us is 706-363-3895. Tonight's actual show is sponsored by Digimo Printing of Stockbridge, Georgia, located at 5365 North Henry in the city of Stockbridge, Georgia at 770-506-2996. Let Digimo take you to the next level. Digimo is a premier digital media and print and advertisement firm. They provide great graphic design effects for your business. They can help you to put your business together in a beautiful format. For all our listeners and all our advertisers and people that are listening to us worldwide, you have the opportunity to take advantage of some fantastic promotional specials that Digimo is offering our listeners for the month of May. Currently, they have a 1,000 flyers, 
Plus, you're able to get 10 11 by 17 posters for free when you order 1,000 flyers with Digimo printing for only $80. If you need design fee, if you need any artwork, design fees will be extra. Also, 250 business cards for $25. That's not including design. But it is an awesome way to take advantage of having your business card represent you in a better capacity. A lot of our small businesses sometimes are using Vistaprint, which is nothing wrong with Vistaprint when you're starting out. But if you're really trying to put yourself in a different perspective and create a brand, my suggestion is to make sure that you create the image and the look that best represents you. Once again, Digimo Printing is available at digimoprinting.com. Contact them today, and don't forget to tell them that Loudmouth Radio sent you. Also, we want to recognize another one of our sponsors, Fletcher & Sons Auto 2 at 7363 Terra Boulevard in Jonesboro, Georgia. Their phone number to be reached is at 770-471-0116. And they're offering our listeners a complete AC system service check. It's hot. I know we've gone from wintertime to summertime and two days flat. So if your air conditioner is not working to the capacity when you flip it on, you might want to give them a call. That includes a leak diagnostic check. They'll actually charge up your system, make sure that everything is compressing well and that that AC is blowing cold. Take advantage of this actual uh, promotion for $75. That's a great savings. So all my people that have luxury cars, you know easily that could be a two or $300 service. So my recommendation is to give them a call. And they are a full auto repair service, and they specialize in domestic and foreign vehicles. Take a look about them online on our uh, Internet TV site, Loudmouth TV, and you can check out their services online. And their number to be reached again is 770-471-0116, and that offer is valid until May 31st of 2013 and is not valid with any other offer. We want to thank everyone for listening in, and we want to listen further each and every week to all our shows we broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now for our show of the evening, The Bear Truth with Jazzy Jones. I love you and you love me. We go together perfectly with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say that you love me too? Half past eight and it's late. Far too late to debate how fate brought us to this greater place to become mates. Me and you, you and me, we be here in the same space running endlessly. Two souls like birds fly free. Ain't no mistaking we. No faking it. Full speed ahead. No breaking it. Committed to making it. Prayerfully, we gonna always be. Peace. Hi, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As I say every Tuesday, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy week to join me, to join our great guest and listening to the topics that we bring to you that we think are of the utmost importance, the utmost fun, and just a little bit of joy for the evening. As our producer started out saying, we do want it to take a little bit of time to just really give thanks and love, loving light and energy to all of the survivors of the tornadoes that have gone not only across Oklahoma but Texas and just all the way around. We just want to say thanks that you still have life. Thanks that we are as a country and as a nation coming together in support. Well, tonight's show, 
as I always believe, is something that I feel like we needed to bring to you. And it's left behind. And it's about the family and the friends of those that have loved ones that have been incarcerated, and primarily for very severe, you know, crimes. Nobody ever really takes the time to think that when a person goes to jail, they are not the only ones that are in prison. Oftentimes, because of society and the views that and the stigmas that society puts on the family members, the girlfriends, the wives, the husbands, the boyfriends, the children that are left behind to face the snickers, to face all of the um, back behind the talking. We are often left here to feel like, wow, we didn't do it. We were not the reason behind them doing it. However, they did it, and now we're feeling the punches, and we're feeling the talks, and we're feeling all of the things that take place after somebody goes to, um, you know, to jail. So what we wanted to do is to bring you mothers, to bring sisters, to bring aunts, uncles, and anybody that wants to call in at 347-826-7520 to talk about it, to give some insight and to get some support, we wanted to bring you our special guest and this topic for the evening. So sit back, grab your favorite cup of coffee, of tea, or whatever suits your boat, and that way we can kind of dive into this conversation. I have some really great um, information, some book information, some website information that um, we're going to post for you this evening. Also, I have um, a really special guest, and it was so ironic that this particular topic was on my mind, and it was on my my mind primarily for a personal reason. And as you know, I really share a lot of me and a lot of my stories on this radio show. And the reason I do that is not because you know I just want you in my business, but I want you to know that I'm real. Um, that I do experience things, and I'm able to talk about it, and I'm able to get through it, and I'm able to shine and rise above it so that I can live a productive life. Last week's show was about living your life in extraordinary circumstances, but living without excuses. And so tonight we wanted to talk about the left-behind families. I wanted to give you a little bit of information as I try to do, try to research and find Um, Just as much information as I possibly can to talk about it And once again, our guest that's going to be on this evening Has a program that she started for this very topic But, you know, in my research, I found out Not only now, but just going down the line I'm hoping to have a special guest that will come in not If not tonight, at another time That wrote a book that is just phenomenal And it's called The New Jim Crow And it is just about how the incarceration system works. Primarily us being our chocolate people, the urban community of African Americans, uh, minorities, Hispanics, and those um, um, cultures are primarily the ones that are locked in jail for heinous crimes. Some of the crimes are not as heinous, but, but a lot of them are. So what I found out since 1970... The incarceration rate, just in the United States, 
has more than tripled. Of course, that's not anything new to us. We see it. We understand it. It has increased in urban centers and cities like D.C. as much as fivefold, which is just, you know, it's an epidemic to me. But the numbers don't reveal what the life is like, as I stated from the beginning, for our children, for the wives, for the parents of the prisoners that are in jail. It is a effect of a mass incarceration that is having an effect on our inner city communities. We don't realize the breakdown that's happening in communities when we have loved ones that go to jail. You don't know how many children are taken from their parents, and then after they've been gone, I believe it's 18 months. If you've been in jail 18 months or maybe 12, and I'll double-check, but if you've been in jail or incarcerated for a certain amount of months, your children are then taken from you, and you you lose parental rights. So, you know, while we're saying, yeah, go to jail for these heinous crimes, and I'm not saying that, that people should not pay for crimes. That is not what this show is about. What it is saying is the effects of those crimes on the family members. How many children are crying missing their moms and missing their dads or missing their caregivers, that one person, that auntie or that uncle that took the time to nurture them and be with them and raise them, they're now gone for crimes that they've committed or crimes that they've actually been blamed for. We hear all the time about people that have been wrongly accused and spent 20 and, you know, 30 years in jail for something that they didn't do. So, we're not saying that people should not go to jail or or be punished for the things that they do. We're simply talking about the effects that it has on the family and friends. We just had um, a major tragedy in Boston where the terrorists came out and, you know, several people were injured, several people were killed. And the parents, if it is true, the parents of these two boys that did not even know what was happening with their children called to make sure that their sons were okay. Unbeknowing to them, they say, that their children were the ones who were doing all of these things. And most of you, like myself, watch the news. We watch the uncle in just disbelief and disgust at what his nephews had done and how he called them cowards for not owning up and standing up to what they, you know, what should be right, and what they did now was brought shame on the family. Now, my question is, not only to myself but to you, should the families be shamed for something that somebody else chose to do? Mind you, it's not always a broken home. It's not always, you know, a single-parent home. It's not always a black home, a Hispanic, a white. It's sometimes a really good living situation that a child or a person decided of themselves and of their own consciousness to go out now and commit a crime for whatever reason, whether it be a zealot, whether it be religious reasons, whether it be gang-related. My story is definitely a gang-related story, an issue in some, some cases, which I'll share a little bit about my story a little bit later. But it's several reasons why people um, commit their crimes. And now here is the family. Here is the mom who is, 
you know, 60, 70, 80 years old, sometimes younger. I know I'm a young mom, so younger. You're working hard, working diligently to give your children the best, teaching them the best that you know right and wrong, and they make their decisions based upon whatever those decisions are. And now when you walk out of the door, the first thing you do if it's a high profile is you have cameras in your face about something that you had nothing to do with. You have people following you. You have people no longer wanting to be your friends or or be your neighbor. You're having people to tell you, you know what, you can't live in this apartment because your son, your daughter, or your person has now decided uh, to commit a crime and or if they've served time, if they come home, they can't live with you because their crime was so, you know, massive that the neighborhood won't allow them to come in like sex offenders or murderers or, you know, that type of thing. So it is a total butterfly effect for our communities because now you have children that have been taken from their homes. You have children that have been put into foster care if they don't have a relative that can step in and take care of them because of a decision that mom or dad or auntie or uncle or whomever their caregiver is has made. So now they're angry in foster care. Nine times out of ten, they're now going to get in trouble. And so the effect just keeps going and going. Now you have a foster care child of a parent or caregiver that's in jail that is now committing crimes. And now the circle and the cycle just goes rampant because that child's angry and feels abandoned, and so therefore they act out. And a lot of times what they act out in are things that are illegal. Not only that, but you have, like I said, mom or dad or, you know, other family members that can't show their face at work or they lose their job because they're associated with or or related to. Prime example, again, the same terrorist girlfriend. She's interrogated because, well, of course you can't have a boyfriend that's a terrorist and you don't know anything about it. Guess what, guys? That may very well be true. But on the other hand, I've known some heinous crimes, and, you know, we'll give all of those bits of information of where it was serial killers going out living double lives, killing massive amounts of people. The wife never knew. The children never knew about it. And all of a sudden, husband arrested for all of these things. So there is a possibility that you may know. There's a possibility that you may not know. But once again, look at the effects of it all. Look at all of the effects of one person's decision to go out and do something absolutely horrid. What would you do? I'm asking you as the audience, what would you do if you have not been in this situation? What do you think you would do? Call in. Let us know. Answer that question online, 347-826-7520, and give us your feedback. Give us your thoughts before our guest comes on. We can have some questions that are stored up and waiting um, for her and her experience. And she's she's a phenomenal lady, as I was beginning to say, because, you know, I'll jump all over the place. But as I was beginning to say, I found out about her on my way in to Georgia from North Carolina, and she's actually going to be calling in from North Carolina, coming out of a meeting, so I won't give too much about her, but I know we're going to break in just a few minutes to uh, always pay our bills. We have to make sure to pay attention to our sponsors and pay attention to our advertising because, you know what, we're growing in leaps and bounds, 
And while we're growing, we want definitely the people who support us and who promote us, we want to always make sure that we're giving them their plugs. And if you have not had a chance to go to either one of our sponsors for the evening, please check them out because they are really absolutely wonderful. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see our flyers, but they really are gorgeous. It was really difficult for um, us to come up with a bare truth and us being able to come up with that gorgeous picture and it still be tasteful, and my flower on the back was just amazing. So I'm going to stop talking so that our sponsors can be noticed and, and talked about. So if you would, just give us a minute. Get your questions together and get ready to call into our show so when our guest comes on in just a little bit, you'll be able to have some engaging conversation. This show is sponsored by Fletcher & Sons Auto Repair 2 in Jonesboro, Georgia. Please contact them today at 770-471-0116. Specializing in domestic and foreign auto repair, you want to take your car over to these guys and make sure you have your vehicle checked. It's getting hot. The summer's coming in. The heat is already starting to become very aggressive, and we haven't even hit June. So make sure you stop in and get your AC checked for a promotional opportunity of $75. This is a full-service check. We'll also uh, do a check for leak diagnostics on the actual car to make sure that you're not leaking your Freon all over the place and wondering why you're blowing hot air out your car. So make sure you contact them today. The number again, <clears throat> 770-471-0116. Also feel free to check them out online at Loudmouth TV. That's L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H TV.com. Also, to all my small business owners, even if you actually have a hobby or doing something personally for yourself and you're trying to start putting your information out into the uh, into the community, contact Digimo Printing at 770-506-2996. Let Digimo take you to the next level. They're offering a fantastic opportunity to get 250 business cards for $25. Also, you have the ability to get 1,000 flyers for $80, and with that purchase, you'll get 10 11 by 17 posters free. That's a dynamic opportunity to put your information and your look out there for the people to know who you are and how to reach you. So contact Digimo Printing today at digimoprinting.com. And now back to your host. Thank you so much. I'm going to take my car over and have the air conditioned service just as soon as I get a new car. Oh, I crack myself up sometimes. Anywho, I'm speaking it to an existence. I'm going to get another car. Somebody politely uh, borrowed my car last year while I was at work and never gave it back. So there we go. But nevertheless, the guys over there really do a great job at Fletcher & Sons, and so we, we do want you to support our um, our sponsors and, and our advertisers on Loudmouth Radio. So I have posted on Facebook for all of my Facebook friends. I need you to give us a call at 347-826-7520 so that we can know exactly what you think of our show, think of our guests, think of our topic. And the question is, what would you do if you were shamed for a crime that your family member committed or your friend committed and you had... um, you know, the relationship with them. And so now you are being targeted. You are being, you know, picked at, talked about based upon what somebody else did. So I want you to call in 
because it's important that our guests feel loved and the love of Georgia and the love from all over. We've had callers from all over the world, which is really pretty amazing. And we definitely have had some people that have archived our show um, that don't always get an opportunity to listen at 8 or between 8 and 10. They've been able to go back behind us and listen. So we do appreciate you guys for following us. We are doing some huge, huge things where, you know, we are – going to be soon starting to have live guests come in into our studio while we're taping. A lot of you have asked about that, so we're working on having you in as guests and listening and being a part of the studio. That's always exciting because when I tell you some crazy stuff goes on behind the scenes, you will be cracking up. It is so hilarious. Um, Some of it I don't even think is going to be great for live audiences, but Nevertheless, I hope you enjoyed our opener. Um, One of my dear friends, Bretta Grant, is just a wonderful poet, and she gave us that opening where, you know, we wanted to talk this evening, and we will be talking this evening about togetherness and how no matter what, these are family and friends, and they've gone to jail for things that, you know, bad decisions, really bad decisions, but they're still family, they're still friends, they're still loved ones, and we found out statistically that the more a person has relationships still that go on, those bonds are not broken while they're incarcerated, when they get out, they are better suited for society. When they've sat in jail for years and years and years and years, and think about that, in jail for a long time with absolutely nobody visiting, nobody writing, nobody talking to you from the outside. When you get out and you are supposed to be this whole um, reinvented person of your crime, not only will society say, yeah, you went to jail, you served your time, you you know, you were punished for what you did, but I'm going to keep punishing you, and this is where the new gym Jim Crow laws come in, I'm going to keep punishing you. I'm not going to let you vote. I'm not going to let you have the ability to eat because I'm not going to give you a job. And if I do, you're going to be underpaid. Forty percent difference of pay is given to incarcerated people once they get out. So they're actually making less, 40 percent less than what they made 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, depending on how long they've been in jail. They make so much more or less, so you don't you you're not given the opportunity to survive when you get out. You're angry that you never had any relationship, and so guess what happens, guys? They're going to be destined to commit the crimes again. So our rehabilitation system is not always the best rehabilitation system if we're going to continue to put them in jail. But not only them, we're going to put the families in jail outside. So outside imprisonment for the families and friends is what we're talking about tonight. But as long as we have family and we have heart and we have compassion, those of us that have had people close to us that have been in prison, if we maintain the communication, which is what Brother's poem was about, me and you, we're together. And hopefully throughout all of the struggles, all of the imprisonments, and all of the shame and stigmas, will still be together. And what we want to do with this show is to say that even though my family or friend 
went to prison or they were jailed for wrong, we as a whole society must come together and we must build each other up even through adversity, not just through, you know, tumultuous storms or, you know, tornadoes. We want to come together, but we must come together as a nation when wrongs happen within the family because guess what? Family is still community. Community is one-on-one, person-by-person. I am because you are. And so because of that, we have to really find ways to build each other up instead of building, you know, pulling each other down. So in just a little bit, we're going to actually have our guest that's going to join us on the show. But I do want to tell you about a really great book that's called Doing Time on the Outside. It is phenomenal. The book is actually by Donald Brayman, which is where I got a lot of my information, doing time on the outside. It really is um, just a great read and great information about our topic tonight, talking about the very thing, um, you know, being left behind. So I wanted to uh, share that little bit of information with you. Uh, But the guest that we're going to have come on the show, she was so excited when I called her. And you know what's so funny? I had a young lady say, how in the world do you get your guests? Do you just call people up? And ironically enough, we do. You know, whether it's my producer or whether it's myself and my other co-hosts, Ryder Watkins or J.L. King, Uh, And Sadiqa Blue will be joining us as well as Sunny will be having her own show. So we will have great lineups. But we all contact people who either we really want to have on the show via email, via text. Facebook has been phenomenal. Um, Or we'll just call. You know, we'll find the information. Google is my best friend. So we call people up and or people call us and ask to be on the show, which we're very blessed that people want to be on Loudmouth Radio us being one of the very new but powerfully rising Internet radio and TV um, networks. So I called and uh, didn't get her on the phone but sent her a text and said, you know, I was really contemplating whether I wanted to have this show on because, you know, we have some serious topics and then we have some light and playful ones, but I thought this was a, a profound one to have on the show. And so, you know, I texted her and said, you know, I would love to have you on the show. I saw your uh, article in one of the North Carolina papers as I was driving through and uh, just left that message. And a few minutes later, she texted me and called me back and said, oh, my goodness. At the same time, she was hoping to have more exposure for her program, which is called Straight Talk. Um, she was hoping to have more exposure for that. And lo and behold, here are two people never met but connected by one topic and one purpose. So I'm very excited. Uh, she was so excited to to talk with the producer and let her know that um, she was going to be able to make the show. So we're excited to have her now on. Guest, are you with us? Hello, are you with us? Yes, I'm with you. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, we can hear you. Turn up your volume if you can or get a little closer to the phone so we can make sure that they hear you loud and clear. 
Okay, I'm closer to the phone. Can you hear me loud and clear now? There we go. Yes, we can hear you now. I don't want them to skip a beat in this fantastic um, topic that we're talking about, and definitely you um, coming on the show. I'm so excited. And just for my listening audience, I want to let everybody know that this is Miss Bessie Elmore from North Carolina, and if you would do the pleasure of introducing yourself, I think you are the best person that can tell about you. Okay, thank you so much for having me, first of all. Um, my name is Bessie Elmore, and um, I'm originally from New Jersey, uh, but I came to North Carolina because my son came here intending to go to college and ended up going to prison. And I came to unravel the mess, but unfortunately I wasn't able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So I started on a journey to help him. And along the way, I ended up helping him and a lot of other people. And uh, started a support group because families, people don't understand how families hurt when their loved ones yes. are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. The families are broken, they're isolated, they're frustrated. So many different things happen to the families that are left behind. That's so and true. I and I'm, I'm so glad that you... you mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ms. Elmore. That was the reason for the support group, to uh, help right. other families, because I didn't have any help and support when I came here. It was just my daughter and myself. And everything we learned, we learned on our own. So my thing was, okay, I've learned all this information. What am I going to do with it? I need to give it back right. to help some other families. Exactly. Now, what year was it that you came? I came here in 1993. Mhm. And your son so, was how old at the time? He was 21. He wow. was just 21. Very young. Mm. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. Wow. And he came. What college was he? Had he already been accepted to college, or just no? Actually, I was in the process of getting the transcripts and getting everything ready for him. Uh, he was going to be going to Saint Aug, Saint Augustine. Oh my God! What a great school, too. Mhm. Mhm. Mm. Now, what? How? What was his steps of going from you getting transcripts together to your son is in jail, if I'm not mistaken, for murder? Correct. That is correct. That okay. Is correct. So he goes from getting transcripts to, hey, mom, I'm running to McDonald's or I'm going out to hang with my my boys. What was his story? <clears throat> and that's almost exactly what happened from. Uh, wow. <laughs> trans- getting transcripts to him, and he came down here during the spring break and saw a lot of friends he went to school with from Jersey down here mm-hmm. over at Shaw and St. Hogs. And he right. called me and said, you know what, Ma, I think I'm ready to go to school. So I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Anyway, started getting the paperwork and things ready. And the next phone call I get is, hey, Ma, um, what are you doing? And another phone call, then another phone call, and I was like, well, what's going on? What's happening? And then he told me what happened. A man got shot, and it went from, oh, I can't even explain how I felt after getting that phone call and him telling me what had happened and uh, him getting locked up and the next thing, um, bail and coming down to North Carolina and, North Carolina is a different world. Um, yes. But 
I, I can't even explain my highs and lows and all my emotions that I was going through to um, see my son behind a, <clears throat> a plate glass, not being able to touch him. Um, it was it was just horrible. I wouldn't want anyone to go through that. <clears throat> and then finding out after going through years of uh, investigation that he didn't actually kill that man, but he was there that night, and he he did fire a gun that night, but he didn't actually do the cause the death of that man. Um, that his friend sold him out, and you know it was just 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 a horrible experience. But where I am now with that experience, it's been a wonderful journey. As crazy as that might sound to someone, it's been a growing experience for myself, for my daughter, and for my son, and other people that I met along the way. Right. I can only imagine. what, And that's what, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Joyce Myers, but she wrote a wonderful book, and it's from the parable, you know, out of the ashes come beauty. Yes. And, you know, from ashes to beauty is what it's called. But out of the experiences that people don't even think or imagine you can get through and that you can smile through and that you can now turn around and help people through, a lot of times that's exactly what happens, you know. That's true. That's true. I'm very familiar with Joyce Meyer. Yes, and I hear in the background, that must be, because what people don't know is you left your support group that you have at 7, and 7, I'm sure, runs into 8, 839. So I was wrapping up now. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's wrapping yeah. up now. It's a good group tonight. It's always a good group because people come here hurting, and they want to know that other people have a frame of reference, that other people are experiencing some of the frustration that they're experiencing. <clears throat> but they don't have to feel ashamed. Not at all. Not at all. I would to love to have ashamed. any. Uh, you, you you can definitely give any of your group members our phone number um, and let them know that they they are welcome to call into the show to give any of their input about their own experiences. We would love as many people as can hear about somebody else's experience. We don't know what one person via social media, via this Internet um, show, and the beauty of our Internet show is that you can always go and archive it. You can always go and pick it up at any mm-hmm. time. So it's not just a one-time shot. You know, mm-hmm. The beauty of Internet mm-hmm. is you get to repeat. So if you would like to tell them the phone number, they're welcome to call in and just talk about their own experience because it may help someone. And, and the, I've learned the more you talk about it, a lot of times in a positive way, you're able to get through it and then help. So you're welcome to share that. But um, I also wanted to ask you, now, you said you had a daughter as well. How old was she at the time? Because I'm seeing her a big grown-up. Is she older than your son was at the time? Yes, she is. She's four years older. Okay. She's four years older than my son. She would be like my experience because I have a brother who went to jail and he's been in jail since he was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, he's mm-hmm. been in jail since he was 17 and he turned 18 on his birthday. But I was 10 years old at the time that he went to jail and he's still there. And mm-hmm. so for me, my experience would be 
very much like hers as the sibling. Why? Right. What, what did you find, because I think this is what is so important. You are a parent, and all of us can kind of, you know, imagine. We might not be able to get in the shoes unless we are parents, but mm-hmm. we, we might can imagine that, Mom, this is your son, how your heart could be ripped out, you know, the devastation and then the healing process and the support that you do want to always have for your child. But what did you watch your other child experience seeing that her brother's now in jail? Well, she's here, so she can answer that question for you herself. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Okay, now who that's am I speaking with? Hi, hi, this is Jazzy. Hi. Jazzy, Jazzy hi, Jazzy. Welcome. Yes, is this Cheryl? It is. Okay, fantasy. I've done my research. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Bear Truth. Um Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers, where we're really discussing the effects, as you, I'm sure, have had of your brother being incarcerated and what it has done for family and friends. And what I had asked your mom was, how did it affect you? What what were your, at that time, you know, because we were stepping all the way back into the 90s, what were right. your thoughts and how did it affect you then? And what is it doing, you know, what has it done up until this point for you? Now, are you talking about him being incarcerated or are you, I mean, what, yes. what do you mean? Just him being incarcerated? Yes, by, by him being incarcerated, you were 25, I believe, at the time. How did it affect you? What did it feel like from the other people in society? What were your experiences when he went to jail? Well, um, when he went to prison, um, you know, of course it was very sad, but um, I don't know if you know the story behind his situation, but um, it was very tragic for our family. It was devastating because um, the whole situation, I mean, the justice system for African Americans um, is uh, what's the word that I want to use? Not balanced or unbalanced or right, is, very is unbalanced. Not, right. So, mm-hmm. um, just very, I, to be honest, I was very defiant, and we we were determined to support him no matter what what the situation was, and that mm-hmm. whatever that support would mean for him, we would do. And that would mean that we, I would have to relocate. My mom would have to relocate. We were determined to support him no matter what because we knew we, need, we needed our, we needed our help. Wow, that's excellent. A lot, and he's very fortunate. Whereas a lot of inmates don't get that same support from family. Um, the stigmas that we get in society are so strong when it comes down to, oh, your brother's a murderer, oh, your brother's this, or your sister's that, or you know, whatever right. it is that that they've done and or, like I started the show out saying, a lot of people have been in prison wrongfully. That's correct. Um, and so even though that's in place, it doesn't change how society now is targeting those slurs and those thoughts and those judgments of the family. Well, if his mama had, if his, well, if he hadn't been this or if he had done right. that, you know, right. so you get that. Um, so when you say you were defiant, were you defiant with mom or just against the system? Did you hate all police now? Or absolutely, what, what? absolutely. I had an issue with the police. Um, mm-hmm. I had an issue with 
justice. I mean, until you are involved with the system and when you see things go tragically wrong or just the way that you see it on TV or just the way that it's portrayed in the media and when that happens to you, yes, enraged, defiant, and even more determined to support him no matter what. And regardless and regardless of what people thought about him and the situation, that didn't matter to me because I, I didn't I didn't particularly care about what the opinions of others were. We had a we had a mission to complete and that mission was to support him. And we without even having a conversation about it, it just was that. Mhm. That is excellent. That is excellent. What did he say to you? I'm I'm a little sister. You are an older sister. So I may have had a different out, outlook at my brother going to jail. I was 10, and he was my, that was my brother. And, right. um, you know, to lose that that closeness, to lose, you know, I was so young, I didn't understand many things uh, about my brother being locked up. And then to find out later, my brother actually went to jail for rape and theft, and Mm. Unfortunately, he had gotten in a gang, and the initiation was that. And the consequences right. of not doing that, once he said, I'm in, and right. then he found out that's the initiation, it was no out. Because the out right. was, if you don't do it, then we're going to do it to your sisters. Wow. And, you know, when they went down the list and said, we know where your mom works, we know where your sister goes to school. We know your, where your other sisters live. You know, it became this whole, what do you do? And at that unfortunate point, when you're so young, when you're 16 and 17, you don't have a clear consciousness of reason a lot of times. Um, I'm, I love science and, and statistics, and I found this article years ago that says, you know, uh, from the 13, I believe, to 17 or 18, the brain literally does not have that understanding. The connectors are not there. So when they go, I don't know, they know right and wrong, but they don't know the whys of why they do certain things. That's not even developed yet. And so he didn't have that clear understanding of saying, okay, no problem, but I'm going to do that tomorrow and I'm going to tell the police on my way home. He didn't have that. Mm -hmm. I need some protection from my family. So unfortunately, he was guilty not guilty of everything they tacked upon him because he couldn't be in two places at the same time, which was his um, convictions. Um, But, you know, being that little sister, I was the little sister that lost my brother, and and now we have a beautiful relationship. But the stigmas that I got, I found, you know, I will remember an incident where I was swimming. I was 11 at the time. And I was swimming, and this guy said, hi, I know you. It was an older guy, maybe about 17, 18, maybe 19. And I said, you do? He said, yeah, I knew your brother. Well, I have a lot. I have a big family. So it was nothing to me. I swam. I came back. And he said, come here. When I got closer to hear what he was saying, he said, I'm going to do the same thing to you that your brother did to you, to my sister. Oh, my Now, goodness. I'm 11. I don't have anything to do with what my brother did. Right. But now I'm getting ready to get the effects of that crime. Right. You know, and so this has been a long time, and that happened to me like three times between 11 and 13. 
You know, you don't know who's watching. You don't know who has a grudge. You don't know any of that. All you know is if your information gets out, then now here you have the stigmas of something your brother may or may not have done or your family member. So I thought it was very befitting to bring you guys on to talk about that as well. So, again, my question is what, what were some of the things maybe now that he's been in there a long time, what are the things that he talks about with you when you go as from a sister's point? I'm, kind of, I'm pretty sure what mom says and talks about that. Well, I mean, to go back to the initial question that you asked about, yes, I was defiant, but I was also angry at my brother, too, because it was a bad decision that he had made, you know, mm-hmm. to people and, you know, kind of similar to the guilt by association thing. And, of course, in North Carolina, you know, and in any state, oh. Association laws, whatever. I was upset with him, but it was a bad decision. You know, it wasn't. Um, you know, he had set out to harm someone, to to murder someone. So I had to think about that. I had to think about how he would be to me. So I had to rethink that, and I got over the anger. But because um, we're originally from New Jersey, and that harm didn't happen in New Jersey, we didn't really have to deal with direct ostracism from people in our family. It was kind of indirect. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was really indirect. But even if it hadn't been indirect or if it had been direct, excuse me, I still probably would have responded defiantly because that was his decision. That wasn't my decision. Right, because exactly. Of that, I, would, I don't think I would have accepted any type of um, um, judgment from that. Even to this day, if I spoke to a relative or if I met a relative and they brought my brother up or whatever, I would probably respond in the same way. That was his decision. That was his choice. Yes, I support my brother. That's my business. But that was his decision. And that's probably how I I know I would respond that way. That way. And that's, well, basically that's the truth, though. That, That was his decision. Um, a lot of times, I know some of, do you guys, now do you have any children now? I have a stepdaughter. Yeah, my stepdaughter, she's 28 years old. Okay. And I told her, I talked she to have, her about my, about, no, she's never met her uncle, but I've talked to her okay. about, you know, um, him being incarcerated and the decision making that led to him being there. Mm-hmm. And that, that, mm-hmm. that was never a secret, and she knows that. Yeah, I did the same thing with my children. My children have met my brother and love him dear. My youngest son wanted to start following the same path, and my brother said, okay, let's talk gangster to gangster. And when that conversation, you know, let, you want to be a gangster, let's talk about it. Let me tell you what's going to happen to you if you decide you want to continue down that path. And fortunately, after some long time of, you know, hitting it rock bottom, he finally now has turned his life completely around. I'm so blessed. I'm so glad about that. So from a mother's perspective, I know what that feels like, watching those decisions and watching him do a downward spiral and knowing how brilliant and smart he was. But on the other hand, just like I was telling, you know, Miss Elmore earlier, is that sometimes those bad decisions and that choice, if we're very, very fortunate and blessed, it t- takes a turn and goes from ashes to beauty. And just if he could save my son's life, he could save somebody else's life and say, you know what, I made my choice and I made my decision, and my brother may never get out. 
Um, but if he doesn't, he's done a lot of good in the position that he's right. in. He's, you know, right. and that's the good. That's where straight talk comes in. That's where these kind of radio shows and conversation comes in to say, even out of the bad choices, what beauty can come out of that bad choice is amazing. Right, right. And you have Miss Elmore back again. <laughs> yes, I heard. I heard the switch. I heard the switch. I really appreciate uh, Cheryl for coming on and giving us her insight on that because I think it's important that people hear from as many people and from different eyes and different perceptions to know what it feels like. Right, to know right. This, this journey is. Now, Ms. Elmo, tell me, if you will, um, what do you encourage people to do when they find themselves in this position? If I had to be the person who just joined your group, Mm-hmm. And, you know, told my story. What would you say as, you know, the person in charge of your group? How do you begin that process of healing and support for a person coming in? Admission. Admit, admitting the truth to yourself that this is, it is what it is. This is what's going on. And to be able to come into the group and say that this is how I'm feeling. Just be honest with yourself. <clears throat> And being honest with yourself, it will help you to start the healing process because you won't be able to heal as long as you stay in denial about what's really going on. Wow, that is so true. That is so true. And so many people are in sh- hide and in, in such shame about it that mm-hmm. it's, a lot of times it's hard for them to even begin that open dialogue. That's true. That's why we have the group so the person can say, they can come to the group. They don't have to say anything. They can sit in because we have a confidentiality code. We go to the Vegas rule. What happens in this group stays in this group. Exactly. So they can listen. They don't have to share. But most time they'll, when they come back the second time, that's when they start to share. That's when they start to open up and feel comfortable to be able to say what's going on with them. So the healing process can start. That is so and then no longer in denial. It, yeah. Because I was in denial it, for the longest time. <laughs> really? What was yeah. now take us through that journey. When you say you were in denial, were you in denial that he did something, that he was involved? You know how some people, oh, my son, my child will never do that. They would just never not not realizing that yes, your son or child may do that. No, no, I was in denial at the fact that, are you serious about, you know, here's this state wanting to put my son to death. Are you serious? Really? Are you really serious about this? Are you really serious about wanting to execute my son for for what happened on that night? That, that's the denial part. I couldn't believe that right. this was happening to me. Because remember I told you I was getting transcript papers Ready for him for college, and I've gone from college to prison. Are you serious? And That's a big title that. right there, from college to prison. <laughs> and because I had a bougie attitude. Yes, I had a very bougie attitude about people in prison. I always thought, well, you you did something, otherwise you wouldn't be in prison. Right, but, which is the most people's thoughts. 
Yeah, but when it happened to me, oh, baby, that changed everything. Everything changed. <laughs> everything changed. And I wanted yeah, everybody to pay attention to me, but it didn't happen that way. Right. So, and that's the thing. That's why you have your support group. And that's why you have your support Because people go through this so alone. You know, they especially when they don't know who to reach out to. Exactly. They go to trust because you can't trust everybody with your feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I find a lot of people that come to the group, they go to church, but they don't let people know at church what's going on with them. So they're suffering in silence mm-hmm. because the 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 church member might say, "Oh, girl, I can't believe your son. What kind of mother are you to let this happen? What did you do wrong? That's you know right. what I'm saying?" That's so, right. That's the, the stigma right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't say anything. So they suffer in silence. And mothers go through the little guilt trip as much as we don't like to admit it. We do. We say, oh, "Well, what wow. did I do wrong?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Was it mm-hmm. me? Did I do something? What did I miss? You know, so mm-hmm. I went through that too. And my son said, "Mine, it had nothing to do about. It wasn't you. You didn't do anything to cause this to happen." So that made me Don't feel better. But, <laughs> but still, you know, you've been pretty. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then you, you 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 hear all the horror stories about prison, right? And uh, right. that was that was that caused me a lot of sleepless nights. Those horror stories. Mm-hmm. I can only ima- well, I don't have to imagine. My son, as I stated, was in his little in and out, in and out, and he was very young, rebelling mm-hmm. as hard as he could. Very attractive young man and smart, um, and he just went down a path and mm-hmm. um, blamed me for a lot of things. Some things, you know, I could say, you know what, son, I can see how we went. With this direction, but you still have a choice. But after many years, after many years, he came to me and said, Mom, for every time I told you it was your fault, I apologize for everything that I've done. You were a great mom and did the best that you could under a lot of circumstances and situations. And, you know, I just cried. I just cried and wept because I needed to hear that from me because, like you said, when you're going through the guilt trips, you know, of what I could have done differently. And knowing that, okay, I could have, should have, would have, does not change the here and the now. <laughs> it, but, sure but still, it sure doesn't. Yeah. Still that little admission or that apology, it it takes just a little shaving off the top, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. 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 It sure does. So where, sure. where your son is now, where is he standing in the judicial system as far as the possibility of, of parole or getting out? Well, we were able, successfully able to give him a MAP contract, and a MAP contract is a mutual agreement between the inmate and the state of North Carolina. We were very mm-hmm. successful in getting that. And uh, he has an end date now. He will be out uh, December 2015. He will be complete. He won't be on probation or parole. He will be finished. Oh, great. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. Now, have you you, um, 
have you covered in your support group or have you or do you have this uh, part of the program of what you do in straight talk about once they get out Yes, yes, that's another project that I'm working on. It's called a Providence Project because anytime you have someone in prison for a long period of time, it's still a process when they come out because of jobs, where they're going to live, all of these different things that they face when they get out of prison. For example, my son went to uh, Walmart. He was just overwhelmed at Walmart. Because he hadn't been in the Walmart. And he was just yeah. overwhelmed. He said he was like, it was and, and it was a little scary for him. Right. And because he wasn't used to that. He wasn't used to seeing people. He wasn't, it was just so foreign to him, which was foreign to me because I'm saying Walmart. I go to Walmart, you know. I've been to Walmart. What's so fascinating about Walmart? But to him, someone who hasn't been in a Walmart in 20, I don't even know if it was a Walmart when he was at before he went in prison. Right, and and now they're the super Walmart, so they really are overwhelming. Right, right. Cell phones, so everything is overwhelming to him. Even though I send him books on certain things that he's, you know, I tried to keep him up. But having a book is one thing, and having the, the actual thing in front of you is something else. So it's still going to be a transition when he comes home. It's still another process to this process when he comes home. That's it. Well, you know what? I, I remember visiting my brother, and I thought, in in you know, to add to what you're saying, my brother went to jail when they had the cans where you pulled off the tab. Mm-hmm. And when you open it and you pulled it all the way off. So we went to visit right. him one year, and he asked for a soda. You know how you have the vending machines, and so we right. had to get him a soda. And we were all sitting there. And he, he had kept, prior to us getting he kept saying he was thirsty. So we go get the soda. We all pop ours open because now it just pops in. And we're sitting there drinking and we're talking, and we keep noticing that he hasn't, you know, opened his soda. Right. So finally he said, I really am embarrassed that um, to say this, but he had torn the top completely off because he was trying to pull it open instead of now the new pop in. Right. Now, to us, our life has gone on, but the challenges of the inmate who has not been out or has come, you know, had those, you know, you've been a good inmate so you get some, out of prison experiences is just brief. You don't have a clue how the world has changed from exactly. an outward perspective. And then, exactly. as the mom or the sister or the family member, you now have to really figure out how to incorporate him back into your life, into your everyday. Because now it's like teaching a person all over again and now being accepted back into the community. And I think that's really what I wanted to kind of tap into is to find out you're saying you're developing it now. But in the program, developing how to integrate you back with him and him back with you and society. Exactly. And that's the project I'm working on now. I call it the Providence Project. And um, that's what I'm working on Um, because – I know it's going to be a transition for him. He was telling me about he was in a um, a cooking class, 
and they actually had silverware, and he from prison, you know, used silverware. Right. And he said he it, he hadn't seen a fork in 20 years, and that sounded fun oh. to me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. That's true. Yeah, and he was. That's he true. said he remembered all the things I had taught him about, you know, what fork to use, where the fork goes. Where the mm-hmm. knife goes. He said he remembered all of those things, but he said he kept staring at those utensils because in prison you have this fork type, spoon type. Um, right, you have the spork. Right. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I hadn't even thought about that. So there's so many different things that I hadn't thought about that he brought to my attention. That's why I said, oh, okay, I need to work on this project too because it's another process. Yeah, for sure. Now, who's mm-hmm. helping you to put these together? I know you've done a lot of research, but who's helping you at this point to put things together like that? Or are you just, as it comes along, as the questions like I'm asking or like your son is bringing to your attention, attention, are you putting it together that way? Or do you have a mentor for yourself and your group? No, I don't have a mentor. I don't have a mentor. Uh, my son is helping me, and I have some other women that are in my circle that are working with me. But I don't have a mentor. Um, I, yes, I do have a mentor. I take that back. God is my mentor. He is my God. That's my mentor. Um, I, if I follow his lead, if I follow his lead, I'll do well. Sometimes I want to do my own thing. But... Other than that, from all the people I've met along this journey and all the people that have I've had experience with and all the doors that's been opened up to me. Like I said, when I came here, it was just a horrible situation, but I met some wonderful people that gave me some wonderful opportunities to do a lot of work that I do, allowed me to go a lot of places that I would have never gone. So people, God has put people in my path to help me do what I'm doing. Right. That's so awesome. When you listen to the still, small voice, it will always lead you in the right direction. Yes, it will. That's how we connected. That's how you and I connected. (laughs) You said, how am I going to get this show uh, and the group, I mean the group a little bit more exposure? And I said, should I really do this show? And out of the still, small voice inside to set push forward and go forward with this information. Somebody needs it. We both connect yes. it. Yes. yes, yes, Isn't that amazing? Well, I am so thankful and so pleased for the opportunity that you have given me to be able to uh, share my story and to let people know that there is support out there for them. And uh, we're going to grow because I want to, be in other states and other places to open up right. groups to let people know there is support out there. People do understand what you're going through. Yeah. They do. Yeah. There is there's hope. There's definitely hope and support. Well, Ms. Bessie, do you have any contact information that you would like for our listeners to hear to be able to get in contact with you in North Carolina? I know that you have 
an actual 7 o'clock meeting that you do on Tuesdays. Um, so I uh, know for the people that are in North Carolina, definitely that's something accessible. But is there a nonprofit organization, a website, a number that anybody that perhaps maybe not be in that area and just need to reach out? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I have a P.O. box, and they can uh, – the P.O. box is P.O. box 51654, uh-huh. okay. Durham, North Carolina, the zip is 27717, and the phone number is 919-699-4093. And they can address it to Straight Talk and care of Bessie Elmore. Okay. What about a website do, or any social media that you want them to contact you? No, we don't have a website as of yet, and we're in the process of becoming a nonprofit. Um, oh, good. Because we're going to have some fundraisers, so we'll be able to generate and do more things. But right now, good. everything is done solely by myself and a few others, on you know, donation base only. So Okay. And do you have a Straight Talk Facebook, perhaps? Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm on Twitter. <laughs> we're in the Yay! process of setting all of that up. <laughs> Yes, we're in the process of setting all of that up. Okay. What's your face? Is it Straight Talk? Uh, we just go in and, and log and find Straight Talk, or how would we do that on Facebook or Twitter? Do you know? I'm going to send you that information. I can send you that okay. information tomorrow. And, um, okay, great. Because I just feel that we started this relationship now, so we're going to continue this relationship. Most on. definitely. And we will post it. <laughs> People will be able, we usually post information, pertinent information, a few days even after the show or as we find information, we'll say, hey, do you remember this show? Here's some additional information. So people are always able to go back and get that or get it, you know, right fresh off the presses. Once again, I want to thank you and your daughter and your talk group, um, Straight Talk, for allowing us to kind of break into your session and break into your Tuesday just to give us some awesome information, and some support for families that have experienced it. Unfortunately, some families and friends will experience it, and so to have you there and have you in place is such a blessing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless you and the work that you do. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And if you'll stay tuned, guests, Um, not guest audience, thank you again for joining us this evening. We do have some information that we want to come back and let you know of upcoming events as well as our sponsors. Thank you for tuning in to the Bear Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers with Miss Jazzy Jones. This broadcast has been a live feed via via loudmouthradio.com. We ask all our listeners to stay tuned and follow us each and every week as we broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Currently, we have three shows on air, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and going into our Wednesday show in the studio with Sunny at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. Feel free to contact us and follow us on Loudmouth at Twitter. Our Twitter handle, at Loudmouth, is spelled L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H. And when you're tweeting, sometimes it would be good if you could use the hashtag of Loudmouth Radio. For all our Facebook users, 
Follow us at loudmouthonline at facebook.com. This week we have our upcoming featured show in the studio with Sonny, which will be broadcasting tomorrow night at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. And this show is a show you would not want to miss. In the studio is a show to give you opportunities to connect with different comedians, entertainers, people on the move. So make sure you contact and stay online with us at loudmouthradio.com. Tomorrow night's guest will be Coco Brown, Ken Falcon, and other Tyler Perry show cast members from the hit show For Better or Worse, now going to a new season on OWN's network. Congratulations to Tyler Perry and his cast moving to OWN. We also want to ask you to tune in on Thursday for Night Talk Live with J.L. King. Every show that we have broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you contact us at 347-826-7520 to listen to our broadcast live and talk with our guests and hosts. If you have interest in advertisement, please contact our Loudmouth Media offices from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, and we got some fantastic rates available. So make sure you contact us and become a featured sponsor during our actual broadcast and also be included in social media and Internet marketing. That number again, 706-363-3895. And we'd like to thank our guest for coming on air, Ms. Bessie Elmore. We want to congratulate her support group with Straight Talk, and we want to continue to keep supporting the community. So if you have a small business and you would like to have an on-location broadcast, contact us. Our personalities are awesome, and we make a great event to broadcast and promote your business. Additionally, we want to thank our sponsors, Digimo Printing of Stockbridge, Georgia, located in the heart of Stockbridge at 5365 North Henry Boulevard. Their number to be reached, 770-506-2996. Also, Fletcher & Sons Auto Repair 2, located in the heart of Jonesboro, Georgia. Their number is 770-471-0116. If you have an auto need, make sure you contact them, ASC Certified, also one of the greatest Better Business Bureau mechanic shops in the area, Metro Atlanta's best Fletcher & Sons Auto Repair. And now back to your host, Ms. Jazzy Jones. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wanted to let you know our flower, as we always do. We want to talk about my beautiful loves. This week's flower is the amaryllis, which is just a stunning, beautiful red flower. As you know, I always try to find a flower that's going to fit and suit our topic for this evening and they are so plenteous that I just get to go down the list and find what I think is going to be appropriate. So tonight's flower has come to symbolize pride, determination, and radiant beauty. And I thought that this was befitting because like our families of those that are incarcerated, you have to have pride in who you are as a person, just like this flower, tall, beautiful, and red. You definitely have to have um, strength to endure, and as well as our incarcerated members who, after you spend a lot of time in, in prison, you figure it out that, or you usually do, you figure it out that, you know what, I made some bad choices. And so out of the ashes of your choice, out of the ashes of a person going to jail, the families, the incarcerated person becomes beauty. We thank you so much for listening in tonight. 
and I do hope that this show brought you some insight. I hope that it gave you support. I hope that it gave you encouragement that if you're experiencing this, that you definitely can come through. You can be beautiful, you can have pride, and you can have determination. Good night, all. We'll see you again next Tuesday. Same time, same station, loudmouth with two Ds, radio.com. Follow us at loudmouth.com on our website blog. See our guests, upcoming broadcasts, archive shows, and any and everything that we have going on behind the scenes. Feel free to listen in on our shows each and every week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on loudmouthradio.com. We want to thank all our listeners, our guests, and our fabulous hosts for your time this evening. Remember, stay lifted and let Loudmouth Radio empower, inspire, and entertain you. Have a good night.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.